everybody. Welcome into another edition of the Cubs Weekly Podcast presented by Wintrust, proud legacy partner of the Chicago Cubs and exclusive home of Cubs Checking. Open online today at Wintrust.com slash Cubs Weekly. As a reminder, we're available on all podcast platforms, so be sure to rate and subscribe. I'm Tony Andracki here, joined by Andy Martinez. And Andy, things are, are not looking good for the Cubs right now. Um, they've lost five straight. They were swept in Arizona by a team directly behind them in the standings. To start the series, that's not the case anymore. Arizona has jumped them in the standings. As we're recording this here, you know, after the series in Arizona, going into Monday slate of MLB games, the Cubs are actually out of the playoffs if the season ended today. So pretty far cry, Andy, from where things have gone. But just what's your initial reaction from that series in Arizona and, you know, what's transpired since our last podcast, which was following a series loss in Colorado? Yeah, it's kind of gone from bad to worse, right? Where we we mentioned how in Colorado they just looked sluggish and it wasn't their brand of baseball, and that's kind of what it was, right? It, it, you could tell the fatigue of the twenty seven days, twenty seven games in twenty seven days, kind of had caught up to them, and I expected really a bigger bounce back against Arizona, and that just never really happened. It seemed like there were flashes, right? Uh, even in the last game when the Cubs had bases loaded, no outs, you're thinking, all right, maybe this is where this is where maybe the offense breaks out, and you kind of have some good mojo going going into the off day after after a tough road trip and that's that's not at all what happened and and it was kind of that kind of series right even you think about the the Saturday game the extra inning game bases loaded one out tie game you're thinking Diamondbacks won this game you some they, they somehow get out of it then they they have the lead two outs they're down to the, the Diamondbacks are down to the final strike somehow they come back and win it was just kind of one of those series where like Everything that could go wrong went wrong, and it's just happening at the most inopportune time for the Chicago Cubs right now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that Saturday game, I watching it, like I really felt a lot of it that the Cubs are going to find a way to win this game. And like you said, that one moment, you know, Drew Smiley is able to get out of a, a pretty epic jam there. Uh, it was an incredible pitching performance. The Cubs were very resilient. They showed that resiliency that we've seen from them all season, but really the last two months or so. We saw that in that Saturday game. And I kept thinking from watching every one of their games over the last couple of months, like this team has gotten to a point where they are going to find a way to win this. And especially after Smiley got out of that jam, it felt like they were going to win it too. So, yeah, I mean, that was, in my mind, I think, you know, one of the more disappointing losses of the season, especially just because, you know, like, such bad luck and things not bouncing their way. And and everybody said that after Sunday's game, I think Ross Jordan Wicks and Cody Bellinger all said something about how the ball is not quite bouncing their way and the breaks aren't going their way, which is absolutely true. It, it really hasn't gone their way for, you know, a week or so now. And that's the way baseball goes. That's baseball luck. And Anthony Rizzo always used to say that that's baseball. That that's how it goes. That It is. That's true. Um, that being said, obviously this was just not, the series that the Cubs wanted from a lot of different areas, like Justin Steele, they had the pitching matchups. They had Justin Steele, Kyle Hendricks, and then Jordan Wicks, who had yet to be defeated in the big league so far. And the Diamondbacks did not have Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly, two guys who very well may get Cy Young votes. Gallen is, you know, is certainly going to be in that conversation. Neither of those guys were throwing. Both of those guys shoved against the Cubs last weekend. So it all aligned like the Cubs were going to be good. They were the Cubs, as you said, too, they were coming off an off day. They had 27 games in 27 days. They had that big off day Thursday. Ross felt like the team was just kind of worn down, running into a wall in Colorado. And to be honest, and we said this on the last podcast, it looked like it. It looked like they right. were tired, exhausted. Well, then they got the off day, and Arizona was in the came into the series 
finishing off a stretch of 17 straight days of playing. Arizona looked like the team that was more refreshed than the Cubs did. And Arizona also just lost three or four to to New York before this series started too. So it, it was, um, it was certainly not the way that I expected going into it. I really thought the Cubs were going to come out of an off day and look refreshed, especially with Justin Steele on the mound. Yeah. And, and the thing about it too, and, and you touched on it with, with playoff positioning, right? It seemed even going into the Arizona season where the, the NL central was going to take almost a minor miracle. I know Carlos Pineda his bold prediction, um, which definitely, I don't think it was totally out of the realm of possibility when he gave it, but I, I also thought it was kind of a long shot. And then and they haven't won since. <laughs> they haven't won since, yes, which makes it difficult. And but you're thinking maybe you can catch up the Phillies, catch up to the Phillies because the Phillies were kind of struggling and they weren't too far back. You could still host a playoff game. Like there were some good uh, ramifications if you could catch the Phillies. And now it seems like you're just hoping you can get into, uh, you can just get a ticket to the dance, right? Like that's at this point, this is what you're playing for. You're, you're just hoping you can get in, which is a far cry from a week ago, I, I believe, uh, after the. Diamondbacks uh, series, the or the first Diamondbacks series, the Cubs playoff yeah. odds per fan graphs were around like 92%. And you had it on marquisportsnetwork.com. ESPN currently has it at 54%, which, you know, it's basically a toss-up whether or not they can get in. And, and really, I think this week is is the big stretch, right? We we know how it lines up with, with Pittsburgh and, and Colorado. Those are two teams you should beat, but they should have beaten Colorado when they were in Colorado. So you can't take anything for granted in this league. And, and this is the opportunity. If they're going to make the playoffs, this is the, this is their, they have to go on a run here. Yeah, for sure. I, this is exactly the the stretch that you wouldn't want to see from the Cubs. They lost three straight series and eight of 10 games for the first time since May 8th through 17th range, when they lost three series in a row, Cardinals, uh, Twins and Astros. And I mean, that was certainly at the point, where we didn't know what this team was going to be. We didn't know that they were going to end up being in playoff contention. And yeah, it, you know, I think Carlos Pena said that it great is uh, on the post game show last night, Sunday night after the game is if you were told in mid June or early May or whatever, that the Cubs were going to be a half game out of playoff or technically out only because of the tiebreaker, because they're tied with the Marlins and the Marlins have the tiebreaker over the Cubs. But if you were told that with two weeks to go in the season that the Cubs were right there in playoff contention, you would have taken that. Cubs yeah. fans would have taken that. Cubs players, front office members, coaches, they all would have taken that. So I, I like keeping that in perspective for sure. But, yeah, you know, the fact that the Cubs don't have the tiebreaker over the Diamondbacks, the Phillies, the Reds, or the Marlins is certainly concerning because those are the teams that are right around them. They do have the tiebreaker over the Giants, but the Giants are a couple games back. And they've there's hanging around, but, you know, they faltered a bit too. So, the Cubs need to have a end up with a better record than two of those four other teams, Phillies, Diamondbacks, Marlins, or Reds. So they can't tie them. If they tie them, they're out of the postseason run, race. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think this week coming up is huge. And then after that, they go to, to Atlanta, which the Braves don't have a ton to play for. They've already locked up their playoff seating, you know, all that kind of stuff, um, or at least, you know, getting the, the first round by. But – then they they play Milwaukee and Milwaukee still will have some to play on. You know, they may not throw Corbin Burns or Brandon Woodruff or even Freddie Peralta in that series, but the Cubs will have to throw their top arms to get into uh to get in a dance, like you said. So it's certainly not going to be easy over the next couple of weeks. And Andy, I think the big thing that concerns me about this too, about this team and their chances, is the bullpen because their pitching health is all of a sudden not what it was and what it's been. And when the Cubs were really going at their best, it was because their bullpen was 
even if they weren't in lockdown mode, there were clear roles and there was a bunch of options that Ross could turn to. There's not that anymore. Edward Alslay is on the IL. Michael Fulmer is back on the IL with a with a forearm injury. He came back, you know, on the IL, came off for just one appearance, right back on the IL. And three of the Cubs pitchers who were in the starting rotation to start the year, Marcus Stroman, Drew Smiley, Hayden Wisniewski, they're all in the bullpen now. Like, this is certainly not the way that you would draw it up going into the end of the season here, the stretch run. Yeah, that's not at all. And, and that, that extra inning game on Saturday, right, it was basically all guys who were in the starting rotation at the beginning of the year, right? It was it was Drew Smiley that pitched, Marcus Stroman that pitched, Hayden Wisniewski yeah. pitched. Like, that, it was it was the starting rotation game in a, in a, in a sense. And – that's that's not not at all how you drew it up and and really it it's also taxing the guys right like it's two guys that that you really really trust in leverage moments and, and Julian Merriweather and Mark Leiter Jr. But they went a week without action partially because of the the game situations right there weren't there weren't any leverage situations to throw them in but also partially because there was trying to to manage some workload because of how much they had pitched Julian Merriweather going into that that week off he had pitched three days in a row. Mark Leiter Jr. had pitched a couple of days back to back. Like the, the, there's some work. I don't think Rossi is going to be that conservative with in terms of how the the workload management over these final four, uh, 12 games, 13 games, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, he he, I, I'm sure he'll be more aggressive with Julian Merriweather and and Mark Leiter Jr. But you don't know what you're going to get out of Edward Alzali, right? Like you you hope you get him back and he's what he was as when he took over the closer job, but you just don't know that for sure. Right. And we saw what happened with Michael Fulmer. We see what happens with Brad Boxberger. I thought that his addition would be a nice little jolt for the team. And, and he hasn't gotten into leverage situations and he hasn't looked super crisp yet either. And, and you're running down the stretch and some of the guys that you were excited about who were rehabbing, whether it was like a Ben Brown or a Nick birdie or Brandon Hughes, they're, they're not here. And, and so you're, you're kind of rolling with what you've got and, you know, some of these unproven guys, it's going to be tricky to to trust them in leverage situations, whether it's like a Daniel Palencia or a Luke Little, when there's playoff implications. Like there's there's it's a tough situation with the bullpen. It's something that, like you mentioned, you didn't expect after the trade deadline, you kind of felt that this was a this was a, a strength of the team, right? With the three headed the really the four headed monster of Alzali, Leiter Jr., Merriweather, and Fulmer. And then you added Quas, who seemed like an interesting guy, but now you're really down to two guys, and that's that's not at all how you draw it up in a stretch run. Yeah, Quas has certainly you know had a couple of tough outings here uh, just over the last week or so. Um, but yeah, when I, I think it goes back to what we talked about at the trade deadline, Andy, and uh, both on the podcast and just you know around the office, around the the field and press boxes. I'm still surprised that the Cubs didn't add more in yeah. the relief market. And I know the the cost for relief pitching was. Um, certainly high and it has been high the last couple of years just in terms of prospect capital but it was clear the Cubs needed another arm or two and and especially from the left-handed side and they weren't able to pull it off and you know when Jose Quas is the only reliever you add to a bullpen that is already banged up is already you know short of some some high leverage arms it it puts a lot of pressure on the rest of the guys and you know unfortunately down the stretch half of those four guys as you said have have cracked in the sense that they're on the IL and the other half you know Julian Merriweather uh this is his, the longest he's ever pitched into a season he's had a bunch of health issues he's actually been okay so far health-wise Mark Leiter Jr. was down for four or five days there in a row even before this stretch of a week off because he was you know banged up and running on fumes as David Ross said and you know Edward Alzali was out for a week even before he went on the IL uh and they you know had to have various options out there I think Merriweather even came in and got a save or pitched the ninth inning was warming up 
for a save opportunity, even when Adbert was not on the IL. So yeah, that's not the way you drew it up because coming into the season, you, you signed Michael Fulmer and Brad Boxberger. Those are your two big additions to this, this Cubs team. That's what Jed and Carter added. And normally they add one, two, three other guys, but that was it. And Julian Merriweather was claimed off of waivers. He was certainly thought of to be an option, but again, as we said, his injury history and just his, his unproven track record up until this point, you weren't necessarily sure how you were going to count on him. But remember, Mark Leiter Jr. was DFA'd. He was not on the 40-man for most of the season. He got a minor league invite to spring training. Rowan Wick was a huge part of the bullpen the last several years. You expected he would be a part of it. Brandon Hughes as well. And those four guys, Fulmer, Boxberger, Hughes, Wick, and then add King and Thompson in as well, uh, they have combined to, to pitch way less than you thought they would this year. And Fulmer's been the best and most healthy of the bunch. Now, like we said, he's out. I, it seems very unlikely that he's back at all this season, even if the playoffs come along, if you know he can't recover after two weeks off uh, from his first initial IL stint. But yeah, you know, who knows if Brandon Hughes comes back at this point. Keegan Thompson has obviously been, you know, a total crapshoot so far this season. Like he, he's just been unable to to recover the way that um, that the Cubs have wanted to. And even when he's been out there, he's had some control issues. So I think the bullpen has been an Achilles heel of this team, even though it was a strength early on. And so I, it's just, even if the Cubs are able to turn things around and so on, it, it seems right now a little hard to believe that they're going to go on another run because that bullpen is worrisome. And, and you know, Marcus Stroman has not pitched a bunch out of there, but like, is he going to be counted on in, in what role? And right. is he going to be provide length? Is he going to consistently throw back to back coming off a six week injury stand? Like, I don't know. There's just a lot of questions down there and it's hard on a day-to-day basis for Ross to be able to, to fill all of those innings and get all of those outs late in games and in leverage moments. And I think a, a big part of that too is, is even when they are going well, like they're not getting the, the offensive support to, to, to help them. Right. I think of the extra inning games where the bullpen actually looked pretty good that day. Right. And it wasn't your, you weren't using, I mean, I know they use Merriweather and, and lighter in the eighth or ninth, but like in the extra innings, you were using the, the starting rotation to cover those innings. And Wesneski looked good really really crummy luck with that ball that hit him that hit him and Andrew Smiley had some crummy luck just given how how things played out but like that that is a, a good bullpen performance and you didn't have the offense to back it up right the, the yeah. offense has really really been struggling and I, I know this is this was a, a strength after the trade deadline too just like the bullpen right they were putting up 20 runs against the Reds and then 17 runs or whatever it was like they were putting up all these runs and the offense has gone cold and it's come at the same time that there's been pitching struggles. Like you knew that the the offense wasn't going to be hot all the time, and they weren't going to be. There was there was bound to be some regression, and there was bound to be some some lulls. That's just how baseball plays out. But it you weren't planning on it coming at the same time as your pitching struggles or or as as some injury luck. Like you weren't. That's like the perfect storm of bad luck for the Cubs, and and the offense really has been struggling this this during this stretch, dating back to the first uh, Diamondback series. Their weighted runs created plus. They're twentieth in baseball, eighty-five, fifteen percent below league average. Like they're they're really really struggling, and it just it seems like they're it seems like it's the same problems almost from May, right? Where it's like you're getting guys on base, you're getting good at bats, and then there's nothing to show for it. And again, the, this weekend series was kind of the proof of that. There was plenty of times where they they had gotten guys on base, they had put. They they forced Zach Davies out after I believe it was four or four or five innings. They they forced the starter on Sunday Nelson out after four innings. Like they were having good at bats and 
Arizona's bullpen was depleted too, but they just weren't having that crushing blow. They weren't having the three run homer that, that puts, puts the game away. They weren't having the big bases loaded bases, clearing double to, to, to score some runs. Like none of that was happening. And, and that's been tough for the Cubs right now during the stretch where they, they can't just build up, build upon the lead. Yeah, for sure. And it felt that way, even when they were going well for a long period of time here, right before this, this lull, these last few series was the Cubs were playing, <clears throat> excuse me, so many games, so many close games, so many games where uh, there were one or two run wins and they weren't really blowing people out. And that's why the bullpen was taxed so much is because they were pitching every day or every other day for weeks on end. And, uh, you know, this offense has, is obviously by and large done good, done well since since the trade deadline and really, you know, since the all-star break even before that. But it's a natural ebbs and flows of the season. I mean, you you knew Cody Bellinger wasn't going to hit almost 400, you know, and drive in a run and a half a game for the rest of the season. Like, guys just don't sustain that most of the time. And even though Bellinger is an incredible player and an MVP caliber type player, you knew that he was going to come back to earth a bit, which he has. And, um he hasn't been bad by any means, but he just hasn't been the same hot on the same hot stretch that he was for like a month and a half or two months there. And when Jamer Candelario is on the IL, when Nick Madrigal is banged up a bit, all of a sudden your depth is tested and you have to throw Patrick Wisdom out in a matchup that the Cubs clearly didn't like and at a position third base that he clearly they they clearly don't want him playing at because he's made all of one start there in the last two months. So uh, prior to Sunday's game, where he was forced in because of Madrigal. So, um, you know, I I think it things just aren't really clicking right now the way that the Cubs want them to. I mean, Dansby Swanson seems like he's in a funk, and Christopher Christopher Morel will kind of go in and out, and and also I mean talk about the the bounces like. Lourdes Gurriel Jr., he made a couple of incredible plays in left field for Arizona, especially in Sunday. But, like, they Alec Thomas in center field tracked down several balls. Jan Gomes had a ball. I think yeah. it was on – yeah, yeah. It was uh, on Saturday and where, like, it would have been a home run in Wrigley Field and, and a couple other ballparks. And it was not a home run, and it was just, you know, a nice catch by Alec Thomas. But Cody Bellinger had a home run – was that Saturday too – uh, where the home run was just to the right of the foul pole. And like at, initially on the field, it was called a homer. It looked like the Cubs finally had a two nothing lead, you know, could breathe easy. Here comes the offense. Oh, oh no, just kidding. Like the call is actually overturned. And I think Bellinger ended up striking out or grounding out, whatever it may be on that. So the, the ball just certainly isn't bouncing the Cubs way right now. But as you said too, Andy, I think that's really it. It's like they're getting some guys on, they're not getting them in. In Colorado, they left 23 guys on base. You thought this was going to be a get-right series, and they left 23 guys on base. So that that can't happen from a team that, as we said, already has some pitching concerns, some pitching injuries, and uh, you know is fading a bit down the stretch from the pitching capacity. The offense needs to to step up. And this other off day here on Monday, I'm really curious how they come out of it, facing a, a Pirates and, and Rockies rebuilding staff and then also getting back at home like coming home to Chicago for your last home stand at Wrigley Field understanding what's at stake I'm really really curious to see how the Cubs respond and, and honestly the way this team what I've learned about this team so far is I, I absolutely anticipate them coming out hot and playing well and if they don't I mean the season is very very much over or close to being over but but I, I anticipate they'll come out well I anticipate that they'll get back on track here 
Yeah, and I think back to June, right? Like I mentioned how like this kind of felt like May when the Cubs were really struggling, Cody Bellinger's injury, and it seemed like everything was kind of not going their way, kind of like how it is going now. And June, remember the the, the stretch that started off the Cubs really going well was that giant sweep. But then they played the Pirates immediately after that. They swept them. Then they took two out of three from the Orioles. And then they faced the Pirates again before going to London and swept them there. So it was like they 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 got this kind of feels eerily similar in that sense right they're getting the pirates who don't get me wrong like there's a lot of really good pieces with them and i believe at one point earlier a couple days ago they were like six and a half games out of the wild card which like mathematically they were still alive obviously a a real long shot but like it's it's not a bad team but the way the cubs have played the pirates you like your your matchup there you like the odds there in the sense that this is this is a team that you feel like you have a a good opportunity to, to kind of get things right Again, granted, like this is what we said about the Rockies earlier in the week, so you don't want to take that for granted. But there's some proven track record there. There's some some similarities in that sense. You hope that the off day can kind of get them right and and push them back on, on that track because, like as you mentioned, if if things don't go, if you if you don't win these two series, like it, it becomes really really difficult and, and and to to make a playoff run or let alone get in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these two series, um, like you said, winning them both is is a is a must. Um, but I mean, you might even think about like sweeping and so on. But I think really how the Cubs get back on track is getting back to that one day at a time mentality. And uh, I liked what Ryan Dempster and Carlos Pena were saying on the postgame show Sunday night, too, is like you just got to focus on winning one day at a time and focus on winning Tuesday's game and then focus on winning Wednesdays and so on. And I think the Cubs have done really well at that all year at having that mindset a lot of proven winners you know from david ross and the coach and you know mike napoli andy green and the coaching staff you know down to, to dansby swanson and jan gomes and cody bellinger and guys who have done this before plus you know ian happ and nico horner and so on so i do think that there's the, the capability to have all you know they, they still have more talent to me like the diamondbacks are a good team they're you know a great story but like their bullpen their pitching staff it it doesn't compared to the Cubs, even with these injuries and even with some of the performances that um, the Cubs have had recently. Like, I still think the Cubs are a more talented team than the Diamondbacks. I think the Reds are maybe a year ahead of schedule this year. Like, uh, you know, they're not quite there. The Marlins have been completely up and down all year. Uh, the The Giants keep looking like they're about to fade and then not quite. Um, I think the Phillies maybe are, are probably a better team. And that's I think they'll continue to to take that that top wildcard seed, but it certainly seems like the Cubs have, it's lining up for the Cubs to, to go on a little bit of run here and climb back into it and get to like that second or third wildcard again, but they have to go out and do it. And they, you know, they have to, it's like, it's put up or shut up time in the final couple of weeks here. So I'm really, really curious to see how they come out to start at Wrigley field with the fans behind them. Yeah. This, this is an interesting stretch, as you mentioned, and like, as as we've talked about, like this, the, this team has shown like when it is time to put up, whether it's the trade deadline nearing, like they, they went on a run, whether it's after the trade deadline, when it's like, okay, like the, the front office backed you up, what can you do to, they go on a run? Like they have shown the ability to do these runs. And this is the most pivotal of all those put up or shut ups, right? Like you've gotten to this point, you're so close to the playoffs, whether or not that was what you had hoped at the beginning of the season, whether or not you had gone through a winning streak or a losing streak going into this, like this is your opportunity to kind of cement your status. And this is the time for the Cubs to put up and, and they've shown it before. And the hope for them is that they can do it once again. And that leads to a few extra games at the end of the season in, in the playoffs. 
Yeah, absolutely. So it'll be definitely very interesting, worth watching. Uh, stay tuned to Marquee Sports Network and MarqueeSportsNetwork.com for all of your Cubs news and info as we head into the final couple of weeks. And obviously stay tuned to the Cubs Weekly Podcast. We've been rolling these out a couple times a week now uh, down the stretch here. So Monday mornings and Thursday mornings uh, are usually when these podcasts are dropping. So we stay tuned for that. Uh, that'll do it for this edition of the Cubs Weekly Podcast presented by Wynn Trust. Don't forget to download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and check us out in a video form on the Marquee Sports Network app and YouTube. For Andy, I'm Tony. Thanks as always for tuning in.